0: Welcome, everyone. My name is Peter Hackett. I am the Global Program Director for Cypher. In today's podcast, we are going to dive into business email compromise and how Cypher and FireEye can help our customers prevent, detect, and respond to this threat. This episode is part of a series of podcasts which we publish and is intended to educate the public about various cybersecurity topics, as well as highlight key capabilities of our company. And if you enjoy today's podcast, I encourage you to subscribe so that you will be automatically notified when we publish future content. I'd also like to highlight that October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month and Cypher is proud to be listed as a champion in this regard. With me today is my colleague, Scott Krosky, the Global Chief Information Security Officer for Cypher. And for today's episode, we are pleased to have with us Jamie Maxfield, who's one of the cybersecurity systems engineers at FireEye. Jamie joins us today from Draper, Utah. Jamie, how are you today? I'm doing great, doing great. How about you guys? Doing great as well, Jamie. Thank you so much for your time today. So at its heart, business email compromise also referred by its acronym BEC, relies on the oldest trick in a scammer's handbook, deception. The level of sophistication in this multifaceted global fraud is unprecedented, and professional businesses continue to fall victim to the scheme. And we've seen cybercriminals target organizations of all size and industry in every US state and nearly every country around the world, from large nonprofits and well-known corporations to small town churches and school systems. So according to the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation, Business email compromise is carried out by transnational criminal organizations that employ lawyers, linguists, hackers, and social engineers. And since they started tracking this in October 2013, the FBI reports that that there have been over 26 billion in thefts from this activity. And according to a recent FBI public service announcement, between May 2018 and July 2019, there was a 100% increase in identified global exposed losses. And this increase is also due in part to greater awareness of the scam, which encourages reporting to the FBI and international and financial partners. And the scam has been reported in all 50 states and 177 countries. Fraudulent transfers have been sent to at least 140 countries.
1: That's pretty incredible. If I could jump in here for a moment, Uh, I want to highlight that, um, you know, what exactly compromises, uh, you know, business email compromise. So there are two definitions out there. The most readily accepted definition of the scam is when a threat actor compromises a legitimate business or a personal email account through either social engineering or computer intrusion to conduct unauthorized activity. Then in in the other definition of the scam, uh, the threat actor doesn't actually have a legitimate account access, uh, but they attempt to spoof or mimic a legitimate account. And we'll discuss each of those scenarios today and how Cypher and FireEye can help prevent, detect, and recover from that threat.
0: Thanks, Scott. So let's focus first on the variant where threat actors spoof emails to conduct this scam. How exactly does that work and what are some ways to detect and prevent this from happening?
1: So, Pete, I'll first answer your question about how it's conducted. Then, in order to detect and prevent it from affecting a targeted organization, I'll turn it over to our partner, Jamie, at FireEye. So, when it comes to conducting spoofing activity, the MITRE pre-attack matrix does a really good job of explaining the sequence of events. So, it usually begins when a threat actor identifies an organization that they want to target. And then they conduct reconnaissance activities. So this can be using open source and publicly available information, such as reviewing the company's executive leadership on their website, as well as via social media platforms, especially LinkedIn. Um, The threat actor will then attempt to establish a domain on the internet that looks very similar to the legitimate company domain. So this is known as typo squatting or domain squatting and a fake persona is then established and associated with this newly created malicious domain. And typically, it's done by establishing an, you know, an email account on the domain and begin impersonating a legitimate C-level executive within a company. So the CEO and CFO are common positions that are impersonated because they command respect within an organization. And uh, you know any recipient of an email from these individuals um, usually gain the attention of the, uh, the employee. So from here, the threat actor identifies specific targets within the organization, usually in accounting and payroll departments, but not always. Uh, and then they initiate a communication via email. So sometimes they'll ask to initiate a wire transfer. Sometimes they'll send a malicious document or URL with a message that entices the target to click or download a file. Uh, in the case of, um, you know, HR, it can be targeted too by sending what appears to be a resume. Um, you, you know, for an open position and uh, it's not, it's malicious software here. Um, also in those emails, sometimes they'll, uh, you know, send them, um, a malicious URL with a message that says to click or download the file, and then other times, you know, there's non-traditional methods to elicit funds. You know, we've seen, you know, gift card scams and, and those types of things. So, so the threat actor hopes that their targets will respond by falling victim to this activity, and um, this is where we introduce security technologies to identify and prevent these emails from entering an organization. So, so Jamie, can you talk a little bit about FireEye's ability to detect these types of threats?
2: Yeah, Scott. Um, yeah, and I think you did a, a great job of kind of articulating kind of the landscape and the, the process in which email usually is compromised. And if you look at any of the, you know, most recent reports out there, you know, email is the the highest and most prevalent attack vector, right? So when attackers uh, are trying to gain compromise or, or gain trust in the network, they typically are going to start with email because it's leveraging the trust of the users, right? And as we know, you know, users can you know don't necessarily are are uh, doing all their due diligence when looking at emails they they trust that those emails are who they are um, who they say to be and contain the information that that's being listed there so they they automatically kind of default to trust when looking at emails and attackers as you uh, so clearly articulated here um, uh, rely on that right so when we're looking at it from an email standpoint, email, you know, you have to kind of think of email very similar to what you think about like your network security as well. It's all about layers and, and stacking that detection and prevention methodology. So, when we were specifically talking about like spoofing, like you mentioned here earlier, or typo squatting, you know, those are all different techniques and require a different type of uh, um, behavioral based analysis. To detect and prevent each one of those. And when, when we're talking from a FireEye standpoint, when email comes into either our, you know, our email platform, which is our called ETP, or our on premise platform, which is EX, um, we actually apply multiple um, technologies to detect this. So, for example, uh your, your ability to, to break in the header is one of the, f- the first things that you want to be able to do. Uh, be able to see into the, the uh, header of the email and be able to compare what is uh, being displayed against what that the true sending uh, email server is. And for example, when we talk about like typo squatting, right, where they might have, they might go out and register a domain that's like nike.com, but they spell the I with a one. So we obviously have technology inside of our layer that looks at what we call, uh, looks like, sounds like domain. The other piece is is, uh, that we'll also look at the how long a domain has been in existence. So if they're trying to look like amazon.com, we know how long that domain's been out there. And if that new registered domain's only been out for a day or two, we actually tag that and can analyze that as well. So even before we've even broken into the header, we're already looking at that sending domain and comparing it to what we know to be good and what we know to be bad. So that's just kind of a, a, an initial check against that domain. Um, But we'll also create what we call synthetic email addresses. So if it's trying to look like Bob at ABC company, um, but we'll we'll actually compare that to what we know in your organization to exist. And if Bob doesn't exist in the organization, then we can also uh, tag and quarantine and and block those uh, right from a gateway standpoint. So before uh, end users even see these emails, we're already doing this type of analysis and we're able to uh, block and, and prevent those. Uh, we obviously also have other technologies inside of our email stack as well, where we look at, you know, the URLs, we, we break into the URLs, we actually spin those URLs, up and analyze those. So if they're trying to do any type of what we'd call uh, credential harvesting, for example, where they're trying to display a fake credential login page for like, let's say an office 365 environment, right? We know uh, we have what we call um, uh uh, fish vision technology, where we actually look at the images being, um, uh, being displayed. And we compare that against, um, the uh, images of what we know to be good legitimate sites or login sites. And if those images don't match, we're going to quarantine that email right off the bat. We'll also do things like, um, if they're presenting any type of, uh, login, um, or credential um, use we're going to actually publish that and push in a fake credentials both a fake user and a fake credential or fake password and just see what it does and typically if it's a legitimate login site it would it would point us to an invalid login page right it would it would spin up an error and and tell us that's not legitimate uh, because we're obviously using a fake credentials to to do that but if it's a an attacker they don't know if that's uh, a good or bad uh, username or password. So they're just going to redirect you to the actual login page at that, that point. Um, so we analyze that, we see what the behavior of that um, credential harvesting page does. And if it's doing any of that type of behavior that I just spoke about, we'll actually quarantine and block that from, from that aspect. Um, another interesting piece that we have inside of FireEye is our ability to do what we call C-level analysis. So we know what, um, uh, we have algorithms, we have AI engines that look at the um, context of a C-level email, right? For example, we know most CEOs aren't going to send out an email to, um, people in the organization asking them to go to Walmart and get a bunch of iTunes gift cards. Like that's typically not what a CEO is going to send out. And we're going to tag that right off the bat because we know that's, that's not normal behavior for CEOs. We'll also look at, you know, like punctuation, the um, um, uh, spelling of words and stuff like that, because typically when a C-level executive sending out an email to its organization, you know, they're usually pretty much on point um, when it comes to those type of errors, right? So we analyze that as well from a contextual standpoint and we're able to um, uh, quarantine emails when we see that it's clearly uh, a, a scam uh, that's trying to act as a C-level person and, and get into the organization that way.
0: So Jamie, if I'm a new customer that wants to use Fire or ETP technology, how quickly can we spin up this service And are there any limitations based on the type of email server that I'm using?
2: No. So, like I mentioned before, we have two basic... uh, platforms or formats in which you can uh, use our technologies. We have a, a, a cloud-based version, which is called DTP and we have an on-premise version for those customers that still require on-prem that haven't moved into the cloud. The, um, on, the, the cloud version we can have spun up within 15 minutes. You can actually have mail flow going through that within 15 or 20 minutes. Setups is super easy. We typically, we, we just sit as a, you know, another hop in the mail chain. So you just update your MX record point to us, we're going to do our thing, and then we're going to push that mail to wherever you want. Whether that's another cloud service like Office 365 or an on-premise service, you know, like an Exchange server, we can push it right to there. And then, of course, our on-prem um, solution as well. You know, it takes longer to to rack and stack the appliance than it does to actually get it spun up and and running. So you can have that that piece running in about an hour, an hour and a half.
1: Yeah. And that's great. And, you know, obviously Cypher partners with FireEye to manage these technologies on behalf of our customers and, you know, our security operations centers are staff 24-7 to manage these systems.
0: Yeah. So thanks so much for that information, Scott and Jamie. So let's focus on other, on the other variant of business email compromise. And this is when a threat actor is taking over a legitimate email account and uses that account to conduct malicious activities. So what happens in this scenario? And can you both go into how Cypher and FireEye combat this threat?
1: Yeah, sure thing, Pete. So in this scenario, it's much more complex for the attacker to carry out. Uh, However, um, the sophistication of this threat is much higher and more difficult to detect without the aid of additional security services um, from the intended target there. So the initial process is the same as what, you know, the previous scenario was where they do reconnaissance activities and such. Um, But in, in, in this case here, there's probably some additional technical reconnaissance that's conducted on the email server or whoever the email hosting provider Is And once a vulnerability is identified, the threat actor then attempts to exploit that vulnerability. So this process varies greatly. Um, I'll give you just a couple examples here. Um, In some cases, a technical vulnerability is found on the email server or an email hosting provider, uh, whereby that threat actor can send malicious code to trigger the vulnerability and gain access to the system. Uh, in other cases, the attacker may attempt to take advantage of weak identity and access management or IAM, IAM controls. So these are like password spray attacks, credential stuffing, and other attempts to gain access uh, into a legitimate account. And we've covered those techniques in the past um, you know, podcast episodes. So I'm not going to go into detail on those. Essentially, just they attempt to easily gain access to a valid account. Another popular method to gain access um, is through social engineering operations, mainly spear phishing. And, uh, in, in, you know, in other cases, there's application access tokens or web sessions that are stolen or hijacked. So re- regardless of the method, uh, eventually assume that the threat actor successfully compromises a targeted account. And then with that access, the threat actor then attempts to conduct discovery techniques on the email account that they now have access to. They'll review data repositories such as share file, uh, you know, SharePoint files or Excel documents. They'll sift through client and customer information that's available. Uh, they'll also look to collect historical emails and, and retrieve that uh, that were both sent and received from the account, um, just to learn about what you know who the user is and who they communicate with. Um, and in some cases, uh, an email forwarding role is established to forward any new inbound email to that account. Um, It's redirected into a external third party email account, which is controlled by the threat actor. And this allows that threat actor to establish some level of persistence uh, in the event that they lose access to the email account or are discovered by cyber defense personnel. So uh, from there they conduct their primary objective, which is to use the account to steal funds. Uh, So they'll use uh, the compromised email account to communicate with other members of the organization um, or possibly even look to replay communications with individuals that are external to the organization that that account had communicated with in the past, such as like vendors or other customers. Um, You know, there's a number of creative scenarios where the attacker will attempt to initiate wire transfers, send fake invoices uh, to clients for services that must be paid. Um, And of course, as you can imagine for the the payment destination of these activities is a bank account that's controlled by the threat actor and typically overseas as well too outside of law enforcement um, reach so as you can see this is much much more difficult uh, for the everyday person to be able to recognize if they're being targeted so i'll i'll go into cipher services that are tailored to protect and respond to these threats but first i wanted to turn it over to jamie on how FireEye tackles this problem jamie
2: yeah yeah great uh so this is, you know, what we talked about a little bit before was a lot of that, you know, kind of that sea level, you know, whaling attacks and and um, where people are trying to spoof and look like legitimate users. But one of the other pieces, like you just mentioned here, is, you know, uh, attackers really, in order to to carry out their attack and to do it at scale, they really need to be able to land some type of binary on a host machine. They really only need one they only need one user to click on something and they need to be able to land somewhere. Right. It's like, you know, the the sad thing about, you know, being a security and being an analyst in security, it's like being a punter in the NFL. You only have to miss one field goal, right. To lose your job. And so um, the attackers are really um, trying to establish something on one of those host machines. And, And like you said, once they've got that established, and become a legitimate user, they, whether they've um, compromised those credentials or they've landed some type of binary at that host level and are able to extract stuff that they need, data that they need, in order to move laterally inside of an environment or to spread additional code, like, for example, ransomware inside of an environment. You really have to look at your email um, stack from a uh, the ability to do uh, uh, zero Zero day detection, right? So looking at behavioral based scans opposed to signatures and binary scans. And so uh, one of the things that FireEye does, so all those other technologies I talked about earlier in the podcast are kind of like that initial. First level view of the email coming in, but past that, if they make it past that, we still do a behavioral based analysis of every URL, all the attachments, all the zip files. We break into all that. If it's password protected, so if they have a password protected code inside of there, we're going to actually extract that code and and push that against any of the files and the binaries inside of there. And we'll do a 100% behavioral based scan where we will actually execute those inside of our sandboxing technology called nvx and we will um record the behaviors and we know from our you know uh from our bandy and back-end services and stuff that we know what attackers do like how how they uh, manipulate uh, good uh, or legitimate tools inside of an environment and we can actually Uh, analyze that in that behavioral based scan as well and so we can see if they're you know uh, a pdf that's calling uh, that's doing a dns query which is a behavior that pdfs shouldn't normally do we'll see that we'll actually see where it's calling out to we'll see any additional code it's pulling down and we can actually rebuild the entire attack inside of that synthetic environment that we created inside of our MVX environment. And we're able to uh, quarantine emails when we see malicious behavior happening uh, from a behavioral based standpoint, opposed to any type of signature or binary standpoint. And that's all done within um, seconds uh, as we look at, as, as email comes in. So we do it extremely fast, extremely rapid and are able to make a determination um, on, you know, the good or the evil of any type of email that's coming in
0: and how does cypher tackle this problem scott well
1: pete um we can tackle it a couple of different ways right so we look at detection uh how do you detect it um you know well first first off uh cypher we partner with FireEye, obviously and to to prevent it from happening by using their technologies <clears throat> um but to to detect this um what we use is cypherbox mdr and CipherBox is specifically designed to integrate with, um, you know, cloud-based email uh, environments as well as uh, on-premise-based email environments, and even the account information as well—not just the email, like the actual login account and and, and all that. And and what it, what CipherBox is looking for w- within the login activity and the application logs is the, um, you know, the user account behavior, and you know, are these are these typical login locations? Are these the typical login times or the devices? What are they doing with these accounts um there's a lot of different uh, different types of activities that are analyzed um by the um by the by the software in this in the system here to say okay you know is this legitimate or not and and if it's not then we then begin investigation. So maybe somebody might have taken over that account. And when it comes to account compromise or business email compromise, um, speed is of the utmost importance here. You have to be able to identify if that account has been taken over and react as quickly as possible to to prevent the adversary from actually doing further harm with that account. So, um, you know, getting getting in touch with the customer, disabling the account, doing incident response activities, those types of things are really important uh, as well. Too. So, so you know, those are detection techniques. Um, you know, it also looks at role sets on the back end. So, you know, are, are email forwarding roles being established? Wh- wh- you know, to where this lo- this doesn't look like regular behavior. So, those are those are some those are ways in which Cipher detects this activity. Now, you could also potentially have a, uh, a situation where it, it, you. Even if you are or maybe are not a customer to Cypher today, uh, you may have found yourself in a situation where you have a business email compromise. And that's where Cypher Red Team services come in. So we have... Through our, through our Cypher Red teams, we have the ability to do data, um, not only incident response, but uh, digital forensics as well too. So, uh, you know, our, our Red team come in and actively look at, okay, what did the threat actor do? First, let's get the threat actor out of the environment, um, make sure they cannot come back in, make sure there's no back doors or anything that they may have established for persistence or email forwarding rules that um, were applied that should no longer be applied. <clears throat> and then um, through the forensic investigation, understand what did the threat actor do? Uh, who did they communicate? What information did they take? What could they have possibly have learned? Uh, Those types of things. And that information is very, very valuable for an organization that's been impacted by something like this because... They are going to have. They're not only going to have risk that they have extended to their customers um, and and anybody else that's interfaced with that organization. But um, you know, obviously, the, the, there are a lot of stakeholders involved at that point. So having the granularity of information of what exactly occurred and getting that information to those key stakeholders as quickly as possible is 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 extremely important um, for a business and and to ensure that they they reduce the impact to their
0: brand and reputation. Okay, so. Scott, if I'm a customer, what is expected of me to provide in order to enable site for Box MDR? Uh,
1: very simple, Pete. Uh, it's a you know we 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 come in and, and do a quick uh, you know call with the with you understand what your environment is where you know are you completely on premise what type of technologies are you using do you have the cloud presence okay where um, we size it scope it up and typically can provide um, you know provide a, a proposal within within 24 hours and uh, and and then once uh, you know. Once it's been identified that we want to go forward with the service, uh, it's very quick to deploy as well too. I mean, we can get this up and running in days or even weeks. Uh, you know, probably one. You know, within a week or two, uh, assuming that um, you know our customer is is ready to to, to rock and roll with us and, and give us you know the the access that we need in order to to deploy it.
0: Jamie, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah. uh, And I
2: think uh, Scott brings up some uh, really great points. Um, you know, because you know, the, the first part of this podcast, we're really talking a lot about, you know, the email, the email compromise, what the email, you know, what the technology is looking at and, you know, FireEye, you know, we have our ETP platform, we have our on-premise platform. We're very proud of them. We do an extremely good job of stopping that initial breach through email, but, um, you know, uh, I would be irresponsible to say that you know by putting any technology in, it's going to automatically you're just be able to sleep at night knowing that nothing ever is going to happen. And so you have to take it to that next level. And something like cipher cipher being in place gives you that additional visibility into the endpoints because really attackers aren't they're not really interested in what happens um, from a an email standpoint. They really need to own a host machine. They need to establish a foothold at a host machine level. So you need to be able to have visibility into something like that. And like uh, Scott mentioned before, you have to be able to respond quickly when you see something like that. So uh, our email platform is looking at that email vector point, but what goes beyond that would be what's happening at the endpoint itself. And you can get a lot of evidence off of there. You can see a lot of things happening uh, from the endpoint standpoint. If a host machine was compromised for whatever reason through email, you'll be able to see it uh, from a host level and be able to respond to it very quickly and rapidly and pull off any additional uh, forensic pieces off of that and that's a very important piece to have in, in place when we're talking about your overall uh, security practice beyond just email. And you really have to be looking at that email as one component of it, but you really have to have an answer for the other pieces as well. Um, and I think you know a product like Cypherbox being in place like that gives you that additional uh, visibility into the endpoints and able to respond quickly and have a um, expert uh, analysis and view. Uh, into the host machines themselves which is at the end of the day that's really what the attacker is trying to own is a host machine
0: scott and jamie thank you so much for your time today this has been extremely informative and i look forward to our next podcast and we hope our listeners walked away today with some valuable information and for any of our listeners who in- are interested in cypher or FireEye services please reach out to us via our marketing department which can be reached at marketing at cypher.com and also if you like today's podcast please subscribe so that you can automatically be notified when we publish our next episode Thank you.